This podcast is supported by Americans for Medical Progress and was founded and created through the Michael D. Hare Fellowship, awarded annually to support projects that inform and educate the public about the critical role of animal research in furthering medical progress. The fellowship honors the late Dr. Michael Hare, a renowned board-certified laboratory animal veterinarian who dedicated his career to scientific and medical advancements and who was deeply committed to animal welfare and advocacy. Hey, everyone. Welcome in to the January edition of the News Bite episodes. Danielle and I today, I think, have some pretty exciting, probably, actually, Danielle may have one of the most exciting stories, <laughs> news episode, new, news articles, articles <laughs> yeah, that we've ever had on a news bite, um, just ever. due to the nature and the implications of what you know, where we can go from here. But I'll let her tell you that story. Um, but in general, you know, as we do with every episode, we're each going to kind of talk about a couple stories that we found over the last month or so. And usually they are from within the last month, just because we found them. We don't go back to like 2016 or something. So we try to give you guys current and up-to-date information about what's going on in the field of biomedical research and the use of animals in research. Um, but... I also said last time on the show, I was talking about, I was preparing. Did I take the Navli the next day after we, we, we recorded that episode? I think so, because I think I yelled at you to go study. I think so. Yeah. Did you pass? I have, I have no results yet. <gasps> oh, um, it's, and I it's, just got so excited. And I'm losing my mind. Oh. <laughs> they said mid-January. I think we're past mid-January. We're past we're mid-January. In like, we're in like the last third of January. So... There's that. I mean, every day it was, I will say, I've never felt so prepared for an exam to just feel so defeated afterwards. Oh, no. Seven and a half hours of just question after question of things that either felt like I'd never heard of in my life or so. Or like just weren't in any sort of study material I uh, that I prepared going into it, which I'm like, this is supposed to test day one veterinary knowledge. Uh, I mean, what it is what it is. We all take the same test. Um, the person that I study with, she's um, very smart. She's probably one of the smartest people in our class. She came out of it and said, did I say this last time? I think I no. did. No, no, no. I don't no. remember the story. She came out of it and was like, this is, she's, 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 she looked at me. She's like, she's like, I failed. And I was oh, like, no. listen, if you failed, we are all doomed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that in the last episode. Well, if you did, I don't remember. So maybe um, our listeners also don't remember. So I think everyone says you walk out of it feeling like you failed. I don't know if they feel like they failed in the way that I feel like I failed. You know, like they all say that. Like, oh, yeah, you always feel like you failed. But did they feel like this? You know, <laughs> that's what I want to know. That's what, that's what I want to know. Well, so hopefully I we'll find out. Await. Hopefully we'll find out soon. Cool. Um I'll let I'll let everyone know, good or bad. Yikes! How that goes, or whether or not I'm taking it again. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was not it was not fun. Um, but anyways, it is what it is. It's in the past, and we're moving on. So that said, I don't know what articles you. Well, I do know one of your articles. I don't know your other one, but my two articles. I'm going to talk about a vaccine, but a very different type of vaccine, not COVID related vaccine. And then I'm also going to talk about uh, goldfish, which will be, oh. yeah, you know, goldfish can drive. Uh, you do. Okay. You're going to learn it. 
I am excited about this. Yeah. Um, So my two articles, people probably have seen this in the news. Um, We officially have our first pig to human heart transplant with a patient that is alive and well, um, which is a little different from previous um, trials of this, I guess. Yeah. And then I think the first you reported on the kidney. I think there was pig a kidney, kidney and a heart, the pig and they kidney were in, to human one. Yeah, on this podcast a and few months ago, patients. which I think at the time I said was one of our most exciting stories, and now yeah. you now you've trumped that with this story. That's and, what I aim but, to do. But I do remember that was I think somebody that had already like passed away or was on life support or something. They right? were on I mean, life support. Yeah, they were clinically dead, unfortunately, um, and their families donated their bodies to science to do this, and they kept them alive on ventilators and. ECMO and all and that, that for a few weeks, um, just to make sure that there wasn't rejection and that all worked. And so now yeah, we like have it. I think it they in, had urine production and everything was functioning as yeah. You'd expect. So, so now we have a, a patient who's up and walking around. So I'll it's get into the cool. details. And then the other article I have um, actually came from my alma mater, UConn. Um, they have designed sort of a scaffold that allows cartilage to regrow, and they've tested it in a rabbit in their knee. Um, and it has implications for helping with arthritis. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Do you want I mean, to dive into one of yours? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say we did, we recently just did something at our school. It wasn't, I mean, since we're like trying to throw out alma maters and stuff, which I guess I'm still in school, Virginia Tech. So I can't really say that yet, but, uh, s- still chance I could fail out in the next few months, I suppose. Um, they did something. It wasn't really research based. I have to go back. Maybe I'll have to share it on another episode. But it was up, but it was on the news. I saw it on local news. They did one of our neurosurgeons. There was a paralyzed dog. I don't remember if it was like, you know, quadriplegic, paraplegic or what, but they actually did surgery. The dog's walking again. They did something. They used like 3D modeled spine to like prepare for the surgery. Um, that simulated like the dog's actual spine and how they were going to correct it and where the injury was. And they using MRI and CT technology and everything, they were able to do surgery and correct this dog's paralysis. Wow. And the dog's walking. So cool. I don't know why that came, came to me. I think I was just talking about rabbit knees and I just thought of for some reason, (laughs) it's fine. Well, you'll have because to find that related. whole story and talk about it next month. Yeah. Well, it's not really animal research, but it's still related to animals. I guess even our random, uh, you know, your pink lobster stories and stuff, yeah. rainbow cotton candy, unicorn lobster stories are that's right. a little off the beaten path. Which, by the by the way, I talked about um, those tardigrades, you know, on that one mm-hmm. episode. We're talking about favorite animals or whatnot. And now, since we talked about that on this ep- on this podcast, I get stories about tardigrades once a week sent to me on my phone. So you're the tardigrade guy, and I'm the lobster girl. Yeah. And our phones listen. They, they are listening. Okay. Um, and they're never that exciting. That could that could like really. If you're like really into tardigrades, maybe you'd like it's like new discoveries and stuff. But I don't even understand what they're saying. So. It's not like super exciting stuff, not like the one we talked about, (laughs) you know, so, but if anything new and exciting comes up about tardigrades, I'll get the information and I'll share it with the rest of you. Perfect. Um, But the first uh, story I have today is it's a vaccine development, you know, for not COVID, not 
really any sort of illness as we think about it, but for addictions, uh, specifically for opioid addictions. And I think about 50 years ago or so, uh, sh- researchers in Chicago, they did, they did, they developed a vaccine that they used against drug addiction and they tested them and non-human primates and, you know, that were put on heroin or cocaine. Um, and they showed that they were able to give the vaccine and it was able to combat and help them deal with their addiction because they'll get addicted. Animals will get addicted to these, you know, these drugs just like humans will. And so they, you know, and they have certain behaviors, they'll press buttons and they'll get their cocaine, but they gave them the vaccine. And then the animals stopped really seeking out those behaviors to get the drugs like they didn't care anymore. And so that was a long time ago. It was even published in Nature at one point. But then for some reason, unknown reason, I don't know if it's if it's they couldn't get funding for it or and to be honest, there's lots of um, not to say this in necessarily a negative way, but there's there's lots of pushback from pharmaceutical companies and and lack of support from pharmaceutical companies for a vaccine for this sort of thing. Um, and so I think it just kind of got shot down over the years, but there's new hope in a way that new researchers in Minnesota at the University of Minnesota are starting up a new campaign to get vaccines that they're developing um, for spe- specifically for opioids, for oxycodone, oxycontin, and it's just, it's doing the same thing. I mean, you can the hope is that you can give this vaccine to people that are addicted, and then it kind of hits the same like cellular receptors or it combats that in a way to where they don't have that addictive behavior. Um, Boy, that's exciting. And so they don't they don't like seek it out, you know, because right now the, the ways we treat that, you know, you give people basically like methadone or buprenorphine or something like that to with to dampen their withdrawal symptoms, but they're still kind of stuck on those medications forever as well. They have their own side effects. They're addictive themselves as well. So if we could have like this long lasting sort of vaccine that stimulates the body to kind of create antibodies that recognizes the drug and prevents it from reaching the brain and prevents it from creating an addictive sort of um, behavior in people. I think that would be, that would be pretty cool. That'd be huge. Yeah. Especially with, I mean, we all are well aware of the opioid, you know, pandemic. (laughs) Don't even want to use that word anymore. I know. Um, but yeah. So, but yeah, there's lots and I think they have lots of support this time and hopefully, you know, they're able to push it through. And I think, I believe they're going to be starting some clinical trials even soon in as Washington, maybe, or, or certain areas to test it out. So that could be huge for lots of people, lots of families um, that can make a huge impact. And they're doing, and they've already tested it, this new product that they have in animals and it's shown to be very effective. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep an cool. eye on it. Well, I feel like our episode is going to be full of like hope for the human race here. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, I'll jump into talking about my pig to human heart transplant article. Um, again, you've probably seen headlines in the news. This is a huge deal. Um, but we have our first 
person who received a transplanted heart from a genetically modified pig. They're doing well after the procedure. Uh, this happened in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and they're hoping that this, of course, it's only one sample size of one, but it's super promising. Um, this patient met the, I'm going to say like bad criteria to have this procedure done because he, um, was not eligible to have a pacemaker put in and he was not eligible for a human transplant because he has a documented history of not following doctor's orders. So that I guess bans you from being on the, um, transplant list. Even bans you from getting a pacemaker? No, no. The pacemaker was because he had an irregular heartbeat. So like that wouldn't have helped helped him him. anyways. Yeah. So he basically had uh, a bad out. (laughs) He was not going to live much longer. Um, so his doctors went to the FDA and got special approval, you know, as sort of a last ditch effort to help this guy. And, and it worked, (laughs) um, so far so good. I think this happened about two weeks ago, maybe. Um, but definitely something to watch for these pigs that were used for this individual had 10 genetic modifications in their genome. They're saying that, you know, in the future it might also, almost have to be kind of like a custom pig for your needs depend, you know, to match even closer with genome editing. Um, obviously there's so much more research to be done and there's also the ethical standpoint of like, you can't just <laughs> like hand I out said, ethical. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like what do you, you, there is, I mean, but it's, we talked about this a little bit with, uh, Dr. Sherry Clark and, one of our previous episodes about the use of pigs and transplants and how there's lots of research going on with, with pigs in order to, you know, they have to kind of knock out that gene that's responsible for a lot of the rejection that we see when right. you take things from an animal and put it into a human and they've, and they've done that. And I, and I think it does come down to a lot of individualized medicine as well. Like you were saying, like things like maybe a, maybe a pig model can be developed, spe- you know, specifically for Danielle. And if you have an organ that fails. Wait, it's funny you say that. that cause so I, I just am reading like the last paragraph of this article you right have a now. Organ? Oh, no, okay. no. It, the pig was from Revivacor in Blacksburg, Virginia. What is that where the pig was from? It says for now, I'd- transplantation is limited by the supply of pigs as well as regulatory hurdles. There is currently just one facility, one company, Revivacor in Blacksburg, Virginia, owned by United Therapeutics that has these pigs. And that's, wasn't that the company we talked about in that episode? Yeah. I mean, cause they are, I don't, I figured there was lots of them. People had asked, cause I had talked, I had told somebody, oh, then silence my phone. Hold on. There was, I was just talking about it at work the other day, work school, whatever you call it, um, about where those pigs come from. And I said, they got to be from Revivacor, Revivacor, however you say it, just cause I don't know of any other company yeah. that's doing specifically targeted sort of pig to human type organ transplant research. I'm sure there's lots of them, um, but it's cool to see that it actually did come from there. Yeah. I wasn't just completely making things up when I was talking. <laughs> it would have also helped if I had read that paragraph before we started talking and about the article. It's but... also nice to know that they put their name that yeah. in the article because I wasn't sure if people knew of them or if they were, if they didn't you know, want to be known because, you know, you don't want to be once, once your name's out there is doing animal research, you never know what kind of 
you know, well, negative the, um, type of activist type stuff might come your way. So, but I mean, I don't know who can really be upset by this. I mean, you know, taking an, taking an animal, breeding it, knocking out organ, knocking out certain genes in there to then be able to use their organs to save a child's life, you know, a father, a mother brother, sister, to save someone's life. I think most people are on, are on board with that. And I would also like to add that, I mean, you can hopefully gather from all of our previous episodes, these pigs are spoiled while they're with us, you know? Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> they're mean, living they live, the life. They live very good lives. Um, and I mean, pigs in general, pigs on farms, they, you're used for meat, they go to slaughter. I mean, they animals have many purposes and life that we benefit from and it's not something that we should just brush off i mean i think we realize that and we're thankful for the contribution that animals give us and then we were able to within especially laboratory environment kind of you know repay that while they're there and why we can with good quality care of those animals and making sure that they're very happy in their time that that they're there and then i think their contributions will i mean this this story will go to down in history forever, you know? And so we'll always remember the contribution of this pig and this company and the scientists and the veterinarians and the husbandry staff and techs and everyone that's involved in yeah. making this kind of thing happen. And so and even if you're in the field of, you know, research and biomedical research and you weren't involved in this certain project, it's still your field that's made these contributions. And so I think it's something for everybody to be proud of no matter what where you may work or what kind of animals or species you may work with within research um and then i think it's something for people outside the field for just kind of realize like hey these people are all you know dedicating their lives to find better treatments for for my family and myself and and then my pets and everything like that so things we've beaten to a, a dead horse no pun intended or anything but on the show (laughs) we're just talking about um and so i think we just repeat these things over and over but then again this the nature of the podcast is you never know what episode people listen to sometimes people tune into the most current and that's it or as they start at the beginning or whatnot so um this is your first episode know that if you go back you're going to hear this same message repeated over and over and over again yep in different ways not that's what we do (laughs) yeah but there's a reason to it and i think it's that basically for one podcast you don't know what episode to listen to and then it's important that everyone that we continue to kind of preach that message yeah so that that's my exciting first article so i mean awesome segue uh so researchers in israel have he's a cognitive neuroscientist ronan segev we're going to talk call him Ronan from here on out. Uh, him and his team, they taught a goldfish how to drive. And you're wondering why. Um, I don't... <laughs> I, I am, because goldfish, I don't know, when I was a kid, everyone's like, oh, goldfish only have a three-second memory. Yeah, so this story, find your childhood friends that told you that, <laughs> send this to them. Um, so previous studies, we've we've seen rats and dogs operate vehicles in their own special ways. But now they basically have this fish on wheels. So it's picture, you know, like uh, a, a square 
plexiglass tank with a little bit of water in it with a fish on it in it. And then there's wheels on the bottom that allow the tank to move in every which way at the turn of a dime, because that's how if the fish moves one way, that's the way the tank's going to move. So there's a camera that watches the fish from the top, um, and then a computer that basically, whichever way that fish is swimming, will make the tank go that direction. And so they, this, I guess the scientists, and this guy specifically that studies fish and, and their brain evolution and just their mental capacity and their cognitive development, just says, you know, I'm always studying them inside of a small, you know, two by two tank. Um, it's not simulating what fish and the wild are doing where they have complex, you know, like ecosystems and environments and they have predators <laughs> and things like that they need to avoid and turn around. Oh, man. So he's, he's like, now I can fully kind of understand fish's behavior. Right. And he, they put them in the, in a room and they would have targets. And if the fish drove to a target, then he would get a fish pet, like a food pellet. So, so I don't know if the fish so, necessarily knew it was driving, so but it knew reward. it was going towards so it something know good. It's, yeah, so the fish doesn't know it's driving. But he was showing that they do have, they're smarter than we think they are, basically is what this comes down to, I think is what he was even trying to prove is that they're more complex than we think they are. They would set up, you know, it'd be like a pink sheet on a wall. And they would put decoys and targets in the way and the fish would avoid them all and get to that target because it knew that if it got there, it would get its food pellet. But then the next time they would move the target to the other side of the room and they admit the fish would immediately like go back to the same wall at first. But then it would like stop, look around and I even realize it had moved and go swim across the room, the other the room to the other side and hit that target. So it gets food pellet and it could continually they could change up the target, put it wherever. And it would maneuver itself and its little tank-like device over there. So what implications this has towards, you know, human medicine? I, I don't know. So what I'm picturing is like a warehouse with like 80 fish <laughs> in little individual tank cars on like a little racetrack, like going over jumps and stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to like say like they're going to like take over, like how robots are going to take over. Like fish are going to take over and just well, be able could, to like run factories and stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe you could train the fish to like deliver pizza and like you'd see like a fish going down the sidewalk with like a pizza box driving. Yeah. I like this. I, I think there's implications for human advancement here. <laughs> I mean, Amazon drivers, they can they, deliver for Amazon. I mean, if they can drive, can they fly? You know, can the, can the fish yeah. control drones now? And then they can drone deliver your package to you. I think this, I think there's definitely implications for the human race here. I, I think this is a positive thing. Yeah. So I thought that was, um, it's funny to see they actually have little videos. We'll have to post a link to it or a picture of it, at least of the fish and it's a little tank. That's awesome. Cruising around outside of a building. So, I mean, it's very strange to see a fish outside just cruising in a parking yeah. lot. So cool. But yeah, so there's that kind of random, random story for you. So we probably should have saved your random story for last because mine goes back to being kind of serious and wonderful. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah. So like I mentioned, my alma mater, UConn, I got a little excited when I saw this. Um, a research team there has come up with a way. It's kind of sciencey. I'll probably not explain this very well. Um, they have a nanomaterial that has a property called 
piezoelectricity, P-I-E-Z-O. Um, when it's squeezed, it produces little bursts of electrical current. They can have it in a joint of, well, right now it's in a rabbit. Their goal is, you know, hopefully in a person. So when you're walking and you're squeezing this material, um, it causes the nanofiber scaffolding in the joint to generate a weak but steady electrical field that encourages different cells to colonize and grow into cartilage. So they're, they found a new way of sort of regrowing cartilage within a joint. So they've done this in rabbits, but right now, you know, it's a preliminary result. The rabbit was a young rabbit. They obviously want to try it in larger animals that are more close in like size and weight to a human, weight bearing on the joints and, you know, try it in older animals too, where arthritis might actually already be present instead of sort of just testing it in a young, younger animal whose joints don't necessarily need the extra cushioning, but um, definitely a first step in the right direction to hopefully being able to help people with arthritis. How cool would that be if instead of a knee replacement, you can have a cartilage injection or something that will regrow and stay, you know? I don't know. I don't know if it's an injection or a surgery or what, whatever, but you know, that's what they're working towards. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty sure and I'm already developing towards, arthritis uh, in my hand. So oh. <laughs> if we can get on this. <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be great. I try to slip my hand under the x-ray machine whenever I have to take x-rays. I like to try to get it on there to see if I can get an image <laughs> of it, but I've never been able to. Because someone probably always yells at you and tells you not to do that. Yeah. Move your hand or they put lead gloves on us. Yeah. So we can't actually get our hand under there. So, but one of these days. You know, you can always go to like a real doctor. Uh, A human doctor. I don't want to say a real doctor because vets are doctors, but you could go to a human doctor. Yeah. I mean, I could. Or I could (laughs) just try to get an image of it (laughs) myself while I'm already at work. Maybe uh, after I graduate, then I'll, then I'll do it. Yeah. I'm sure everyone in this field has I think it's, yeah. <laughs> done things along those lines. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that piezoelectricity thing, do you remember we talked about a really complex story about bird feathers and electrical? <laughs> you didn't want to get into? <laughs> yeah. Which I still don't want to get into. Was it but, piezoelectricity? Uh, yeah. I think it was the same thing and be able to like use like the bird feathers and like the crystals and able to generate some sort of electricity. Yeah. It's um, way over my head, but it sounds exciting. Yeah. It's like, so, but the, if, if we go back, I, I think we talked about that. So I think it's weird that we've talked about this concept of piezo that we're probably saying wrong electricity twice now. Neither of us really have any idea. <laughs> Maybe we need to find someone who can actually explain what this is on the well, show. We've been able to connect the implications of it and how it can be beneficial both times very accurately. Yes, we're not, sure. I mean, we're not the ones doing this research. We don't have PhDs and all of this sort of stuff. So we're not going to be able to break it down fully. And what, what we do is take the information, <laughs> give you a brief summary in, in layman's terms about what's going on the best that we can in a brief and concise way so you can be like oh look at what animal research is doing for me you know and doing for the world yeah such and as for all the scientists dri- that listen goldfish are driving cars yeah and so that's the takeaway from this the episode <laughs> yeah not not pig to human heart transplants not you know fixing and curing arthritis forever but goldfish driving cars yep that's what we're about here on new <laughs> bite episodes so all right well with that, we're pushing our 30-minute mark that we try to stick to 
I don't know if you have anything else you want to share, any random stories. No, that's the, those are my those are my fun stories for today. Alrighty. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in and sticking with us through this news bite episode. And again, because I pointed out last time, I meant to do it at the beginning because I think we actually did get better downloads and we actually did get some reviews on uh through iTunes when I put it at oh. the beginning last time, but I forgot this oh. time. Okay. So again, it's probably saying it here is irrelevant. I think maybe what it means is nobody actually listens this long. So they <laughs> they listen in the beginning and they hear it and they go do it. But now by this point, everyone's tuned out. So wake up and please go to iTunes or you know Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. And now you can even rate and review podcasts on Spotify. So that one's easy. You just go to Spotify, open it up. Press the little star button at the top of our podcast page on there, and it will significantly help you know people find this podcast and bring more audience and bring more listeners to our show. So please go out there and do that for us. You know, follow us on Instagram. We post you know occasional interesting stories on there. So just check us out and email us libratchat at gmail dot com if you ever have any questions or just want you know want to talk have a conversation let us know all right everybody thanks for tuning in we'll talk to you next time bye-bye see ya